For those of you who have lost money, like millions overnight. For those of you who are or have been in personal debt. For those of you who have been at rock bottom, ready to give up. Get ready because it's gonna get a whole lot worse. And that's a great thing. This is Below Zero to Hero, a brain dump by The Fail Coach, helping entrepreneurs develop a healthy relationship with failure. Look, failure can't be feared. It's the number one killer of creativity, ideas, dreams, and even entrepreneurs themselves. And it's thought will never get in your way again. With the right mindset, failure can be step one into a new journey of being a better leader, having better balance, better relationships, and most importantly, success. So bring it on. This is Below Zero to Hero with The Fail Coach. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of our podcast. Today, we are doing another interview, and we have Perdeep here with me. And without any further ado, Perdeep, welcome to the podcast. And uh, can you please quickly introduce yourself to our audience? Yes, absolutely. So, Miha, it's absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on your your show. I greatly appreciate that. So, obviously, again, my name is Pradeep Sangha. I am what I call a life and business mastery strategist. I help entrepreneurs, particularly men, really master themselves so they can master their life and business. And there's a number of things that I work with them on, but mainly using what I call transformational psychology, the latest neuroscience, and the ancient art of mindfulness to help men achieve the life and business goals that they want to achieve in life. So that's essentially what I do in a nutshell. Perfect. And I mean, my audience already knows how big I am on mindfulness. And we had a super quick chat before we started doing this interview. Um, So should we start maybe just diving into the whole mindfulness a little bit uh, and, and how that applies to the business Part from your perspective? Absolutely. I would love to. Uh, perfect. Um, so tell me, um, what do you see um, when you're working? Like we discussed that my target audience are more females and, and beta men and, and yours are more alpha male. Uh, so how does that mindfulness play uh, its role when it comes to them? Yeah, I think the first thing is the the stereotype uh, around mindfulness in itself. So there's the old school traditional type of mindfulness, which I call the ancient art. And what we've really done is taken that and turned it into more of a modern perspective of mindfulness. Because when you think of mindfulness, what do you think of? You think of a probably a Tibetan monk sitting there meditating for a few hours a day. That although that is traditional mindfulness, that's not exactly what the average person can do today because everybody's got a busy lifestyle. Everybody's on the go, go, go. So the challenge for a lot of men today is really how do they incorporate mindfulness into their life? And so rather than it being just an exercise of meditation or breathing, it really has to be incorporated into every single thing that a person does, including the decisions that you make and the actions that you take on a daily basis. And what I'm finding Miha, is that men, although even with the successful entrepreneurs, I know I work with many successful entrepreneurs in terms of the eight, nine figures, is that they are still struggling with being, you know, in a state of joy, in a state of inner peace, in a state of fulfillment. They seem to have everything that they want out of life, 
but they're still not feeling the three basic emotions that every single person deserves to feel, which is just that basic inner peace, joy, and fulfillment. And so it's really helping. And, and I'm, a, I'm a big technology guy, I would say. I like, to, I like to use technology, but I'm very wary in terms of what technology I bring into the house, especially around my children, because I see how it's impacting other people. And mindfulness is really just a state of bringing people back into the present. Because in the present moment, for the majority of us, everything is going pretty well. It's when we start thinking about the future that it starts to cause us anxiety or when we start thinking about our past mistakes, that it really impacts our ability to function today. And that's where technology, we're being trained by technology today to really take us out of the present moment. I know people are are gung-ho on technology, machine learning, and artificial intelligence, which is great. I think that definitely is helping our 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 uh, our species in a lot of ways but i also think it's hindering people because from a from a mind brain perspective it's really taking people away from the present moment no i i fully agree with you i mean the technology is amazing it it can be so beneficial when used correctly but uh when abused or when not used correctly it, it can be a killer of dreams even yes and if we take a look at, so my background is in neuroscience. If we take a look at how the brain functions is the more you do something, the, the stronger those connections in your brain get and the stronger the, what we call rewiring of your brain happens. So the cells that fire, the neurons that fire in your brain, every time you end up picking up your phone and checking, you know, I, I fall into this trap as well. Every time I pick up the phone and, and I see those little red dots that mean that, you know, someone's left me a message or uh, you know, someone's trying to contact me and I automatically open up that application. Every time I do that, it's actually hooking my brain to do the exact same thing over and over again. So I think awareness is important when it comes to mindfulness, because I, th- for anything in life, the first step is really just being aware. Do you also struggle a little bit with the OCD and you want to have everything at inbox zero? <laughs> yes. You know, I think that's that's how society is working today, right? We're just being trained. And I blame, it, it's funny, I blame Amazon for that because they've really changed the landscape for so many businesses around the world and so many different industries that what used to take us 10 minutes and people were okay with it taking 10 minutes to do, they're no longer okay with it. People want it within a minute or two minutes or or even instantaneously these days. Yeah, I know, I know. No delayed gratification. I mean, that's one thing that I'm constantly practicing uh, how to, you know, be okay with that. And my best teachers for my OCD, my three dogs, because they're <laughs> such they're such crazy dogs, and they're constantly bringing, you know things into the house and 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 just making mess and and at one point my ocd had to give give up and said you know (laughs) like i i can't do this anymore i'll just let it be the way it is for a few hours i i can't run around them all the time so they really helped me with my ocd and and checking all the messages and all of that uh but um pardeep if we go a little bit to the beginning like how would you define your ideal client in a way what like you said you work with entrepreneurs at different stages um, but they must have some common struggle some common emotional struggle and probably certain common desire yes yeah and here's what typically what happens when i run into an entrepreneur their their first reaction is typically they want to 
grow their business or increase their business profit. So I've, I have a business background, a, a very strong business background. So I help them with the business side, but getting into it, what I find is 80% of it is really their, what I call the self mastery piece. So in terms of the men that I work with is men that want more out of life. So typically I work with individuals that have a business, they've been up and running for at least a year and they are looking for more, whether they want to grow their profits, whether they want something more from their life. And and surprisingly enough, Mihat, a, a lot of these gentlemen, they have successful businesses, but something's not going right in their personal life. So whether it's they, they don't have the relationship with their spouse or with their children, or they just don't have the joy or the fulfillment. And especially in working with men, they don't have that same drive or passion for life anymore. So I know, are... I know, I know very similar to a lot of the clients I worked with. Um, at one point, they, they, they kind of feel like the company's running them thing. They created is now running them instead of yes. them running. They feel lost. They, and, and, you know, one thing that I super, super hate, and I don't know whether you agree on that or not, but I hate this hustle, hustle, grind, grind mindset that everybody's talking about it. And I mean, in all honesty, that's the surest way for you to burn out or burn through your resources and nothing else. And and if you don't have that healthy life balance, and I also, I hate the word uh, work-life balance because, you know, like there's life and work. I mean, come yeah. on. Like, do we have like, just <laughs> those two things? Um, so yeah, those two things are, are, you know, every time I hear them, I, I'm like, because I was there, I was working 16 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, and I had everything money-wise, but my life was so super empty. Exactly. And if we take a look at it, life is finite. Work and business, it's infinite. You could have work will never end. That's something that you can't change and and it'll continue to be on your plate. But your life, you only have a certain amount of years, a certain amount of seconds and minutes and breath in you. And you might as well enjoy that to the fullest. And I think that's important. You just nailed it. The hustle and and grind out there, the messages that some of the influencers in today's society are delivering, I don't agree with either because you People do get burnt out. And this is where I work with men is really helping them align themselves. Because when you're in full alignment, you're able to master yourself and you're able to unlock what, what is your inner force, your life energy and your emotions and your thought. When they're aligned, you're able to achieve things in life that would normally seem hard if you were hustling and grinding, but they seem easy when you're in full and complete alignment. And that takes time. That takes mindfulness. That takes time for you to actually step away from the hustle and grind and actually look at things from more uh, more of an objective perspective. Yeah, I agree. Um, Pardeep, I'm going to share with you like one super quick story. Um, and I, w- I was lucky enough to uh, many years ago, I, I was in Stanford University and I went for one lecture. And this lady, I can't remember her name. Uh, she was telling us this story of firemen. And like the quick story goes like firemen, they typically do two things. They're in the firehouse where they train, prepare, learn, and all that stuff. So when they have to go to the fire ground, they are you know most efficient. Uh, uh, they do things in a healthy way so they don't get hurt and so on. And then she turned to us and she said, like, where are you? Are you constantly on the fire ground chasing fires and, and doing all of that or are you taking your time for your firehouse 
And and this is one thing that literally changed my life because once I started, I mean, you have to have balance of both. So if you're just in the firehouse all the time, of course, nothing will be done. But if you're just on the fire ground and you don't spend enough time on, on learning, on testing, trying, improving, growing, and so on, um, you, you will just hustle, hustle until one day. Uh, I mean, I ended up in a hospital for five weeks. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that was a life changer, that story. Um, and, uh, now I, I, I really just every day I intentionally spend as much time as possible in the fire house and as little as possible in the fire ground. Yeah, exactly. I, I completely agree with you there. I'd like to, when I work with entrepreneurs, the one thing I like to show them what, how to do is, is what I call sprints. And you could do sprints in your life and you can do sprints in your business, but it's it's a moment of time, whether that's a week or a month or maybe even a couple of days of going at it full force. And so giving it everything that you got, all your attention, all your energy, all your emotion, but then you need to have a, basically a deload period, which is, you know, if you're working hard for five days, you should be taking a couple of days off at least. Or if you're taking, you know, if you're giving it everything you got for a month, then you should be taking a few weeks off. When you put yourself in a discipline of doing sprints, you actually actually becomes fun. You have a lot more energy. And then you look forward to those moments that you're actually taking time off. And I, I use that approach in all aspects of my life and even my diet. I'm a big, what I would say, I, you know, I follow fitness. I've been always in, a, uh, in the health industry. So I would, you know, my, my routine is eating healthy for five days. I eat very strict five days, Monday to Friday. And then on the weekends, I eat whatever I want. Okay. And that, so and that allows me to, out. yeah, that allows me to be, you know, have my sprints for healthy eating and it allows me to enjoy my weekends and do whatever I want from that perspective. Okay. Um, do you have any, you know, like quick or I mean, quick, um, not quick fixes, but you know, some, maybe some, uh, doable, actionable, or quickly actionable tips for our audience, how, you know, they can achieve that balance, how they can achieve that, you know, the proper state of mindfulness. I, I fully agree with you. It's not about just those meditation. It's, it's basically you not going on autopilot throughout the day, you being present. Um, and also, you know, like maybe something about this sprint. It, it sounds an interesting technique. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's two main things that I really get entrepreneurs to focus on. The first one is writing down their goals from an emotional standpoint. And very few people have done this or do this, is write down the top three to five emotions that you want to feel on a consistent basis. Because that is important. If you have a goal for the emotions that you want to go after, then you're more aware and you're more likely to achieve them. If you don't know, if you just become what I call a slave to your emotions, your emotions will end up controlling you. So if you sit there and you say, hey, look, the top three emotions that I want to feel are maybe joy, fulfillment, and maybe passion, then I'm, then I'm going to do whatever I can to feel those emotions. I'm going, to, I'm going to structure my life and I'm going to structure my business around those three emotions because the quality of a person's life is directly proportionate to the quality of their emotions. That's all it comes down to. So if you can master your emotions, you will have a way better life from that perspective. The second thing I find with a lot of entrepreneurs is they don't know when to shut things off. They don't know when to shut off their mind when it comes to work or their emotions when it comes to work. 
And that's because they don't have a goal for their family or their relationship. They need to, an individual needs to have goal in a lot of different areas of their life, especially their personal relationship with their spouse or their partner. And if you're a parent, you should have goals for how you parent your children, the type of relationship you want to have with your children. So I'll just give you an example is a, a lot of guys when they're working is, you know, they'll, 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 say that they're done for their work day, but then they'll go down and they'll sit with their family and they'll continue to think about work and they'll continue to ruminate about all the stuff that they missed doing during the day or all the stuff that they have to do the next day. And that becomes a challenge for them because that takes them away from their family. And so what I tell them what to do is, or show them how to do is in that moment, that hour or two hours that they have with each, uh, each day with their family members is set a goal for that hour. What is it that they want to achieve with their family? Do they want to make their kids laugh? Do they want to make their wife or their spouse feel special? Do they want to have a romantic time? Do they want to let loose and just be themselves and have a few laughs? And and so setting goals for your personal life, the time that you spend with your family is absolutely important because we, as human beings, our brains are is, is an actual goal-driven organ. And if you shine something in front of your brain as a goal, your brain will automatically pick up on that goal and move towards it. That's how the brain is designed. So if you don't have a goal for your personal life, your brain will always go towards a goal that it has. And it most likely will go towards that goal that you have in your business. So set goals outside of your business to have a more structured, a happier and a more fulfilled life for yourself. Nice. Uh, one question. So you, most of the time you work with alpha males. Um, from my experience, talking yeah. with a lot of them, they think that they are way more logical than in reality they are. And so how do you get them to start even you know, considering emotions, to talking about emotions, to accepting that, you know, we as human beings are are much more emotional than logical. Yeah. So that's a very interesting, very great question there too. So the first thing, I don't just work with alpha males. Actually, I work with all types of males. I actually work more with non-alpha males because I help them bring their masculinity back because every man needs to have a certain level of masculine energy. We, and this would be a great topic to discuss later on as well, is the difference between feminine and masculine energy because that is a part of your life energy at both as a man and as a woman. And that impacts how you think and how you feel. And if you align, if you're misaligned in your masculine and feminine energy, it's tough for you to be balanced in your thought and your emotions. When you're aligned, everything else falls into place. But your question... Okay, go go, go with that, yeah. But this is really something I want to come back to yeah how do you recognize but yeah just go ahead so when it comes to alpha males the first thing that i i do is majority of alpha males are alpha or they project to be alpha because they're they're putting up a front for a lack of something and it's as simple miha as asking them a question about where they are not happy in their life and as soon as i find that sore spot then i just dig right into it because that sore spot whether it's their relationship with their spouse, which is very common, or their relationship with their children, those are the two biggest sore spots that I find with alpha males. 
And if it's in their business, I find that sore spot too. So a simple way, just from a practitioner standpoint that I I work with, is I really take a look at their beliefs and I try to get them to speak about their beliefs. And then when I can knock a couple of their beliefs or a few holes in some of their beliefs, that's when they start to open up. So a person will only be as confident and and strong as their beliefs. So if you can figure out what their beliefs, a person's beliefs are, and you can actually challenge them. Show, challenge them and show them that their beliefs are just based on the this is how the brain works from the moment that you were born till about the age of eight years old your brain has developed and you've actually created your patterns of thinking and your patterns of emotions after that you can change your brain you can change your emotional patterns but the majority 90 percent of how you think and how you feel is developed by the age of eight years old So you can show, for the most part, you can show most people how they're thinking and how they're feeling today may not be serving them and how it actually may have served them in the past, but it's not current. All of their thoughts and their emotions are based on filters that they've developed as children. And when you can show them these patterns, they automatically start to understand this. And then they question their own beliefs because those beliefs are just created from how you grew up, how you were basically raised by your parents, the schools you went to, your family influences, everybody around you is has contributed to your own personal beliefs. So if you can peel the layers back just like an onion, you can really get to the core and actually show an individual, show an alpha male that they have the ability to change your beliefs. And once you change your beliefs, you can change your entire life. That's that's super great explanation. Very very good explanation. Yeah. Um, but if we now tackle a little bit this, I mean, it, it it was something that's really close to my heart as well, and I think it's important for entrepreneurs to understand this feminine and masculine side. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So there's, and I want to ensure that you out there listening, don't confuse being a man versus a woman with masculine and feminine energy. Those are completely two different things. If you take a look at our life force, our life as human beings, we have life energy in us. And how do we know this? Well, because when we pass, there's no energy left in us. We become dirt, we become dust, there's nothing left. So therefore, we have energy inside of us as we are alive, while we're alive. And so our energy can be in two distinct types or polar opposites. One's a feminine energy and one's a masculine energy. And both men men and women have both types of energy in them. Men typically have more masculine energy, heterosexual men. Heterosexual women have more feminine energy. And so when you take a look at a heterosexual man, for example, sometimes they are out of balance because they don't understand what masculine energy is. And sometimes women are out of balance because they don't understand feminine energy. So enabling them and showing them how to have the correct balance for themselves actually brings them more into alignment and actually allows them to open up and be themselves more. So I'll give you some examples here. The masculine, the masculine energy. And and this is, I'm very passionate about this because this is where society is really hammering down on masculine energy and saying, no, masculine energy is not good. It's toxic, but that's actually impacting not only men, it's impacting their relationships and it's impacting the family units and how men are raising their children. And hopefully things can rebalance themselves out because over the next few generations, 
we may see the negative impact over that. We've already started to see that within this generation, the last generation as well. But the masculine energy is very calm. It's very steady. It's very solid. And it's very confident. And it's very what I call still and peaceful, meaning that it likes to forgive and forget. And it's very goal-oriented and very driven and task-oriented as well. The feminine energy is the complete opposite. It is what I would call a little bit more wild. It's more flowing. It's more motherly, nurturing. It's all about connection. So love, connection with individuals, with life. And it's also very creative. And in order for a man or a woman to live in their own essence and own being, they have to be able to allow their energies to flow properly. So that's why men and women have this attraction because the male and the, the masculine and feminine energy are complete opposites. And so when a man has that strength, has that calmness, that steadiness about him, and the woman has that grace, the flow, the connection within her, then you can have what I call a very passionate, a very understanding and polar relationship where there's an automatic attraction between the two individuals. What we see in a lot of relationships today is that men are being trained and being shown to be you know, you got to be strong, you got to be an executive woman or a career woman and raise a family and do all those things. And in some respects, it's not as respectable to be a stay-at-home mom. That's almost looked down upon in some in, in some areas and in 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 specific countries as well. But that's not the case. So a woman should be able to be herself regardless. So some women are being trained to be more like men from a masculine standpoint. And some men are being trained to be more in their feminine energy. And what ends up happening is the women start to wear more of the pants in the relationship. And the men take a second, basically a back seat, and they start to think, they start questioning their self-confidence, and therefore they drop more into their feminine energy. And so when you have that imbalance, you have a man that isn't able to really express himself from a masculine standpoint. And then you have a woman that's taking on a role of the masculine energy when she wants to sit back and actually be more graceful and more flowing. She's stepping into a position that she's not comfortable in and he's stepping into a position that he's not comfortable in and you have a mismatch in a relationship. And I experienced this myself, Miha, uh, about three and a half years ago and being a practitioner of this and understanding this, my wife and I, we had a challenge in our relationship to the point that we were ready to go our, our separate directions. And we had children at that time as well. It was a very challenging time for both of us. And we, thank God, stayed together. It's a good news story at the end of it, but it really taught us a big lesson here. And what had happened was that my wife comes from a family and you know, I, I respect her privacy, and she's open when I when I express this and I share this story. In a family where her mother and her father split up, and her mother was very dominant from that perspective because she had to take care of two children on her own. Her father had remarried, had his own family, and she was raising these two children by herself. And so, what she had to do was she had to develop more masculine energy. And what that did was that really conveyed over to my wife, and she really what I would say, hammered home with my wife that you have to be an independent woman. Don't trust a man. You don't need to depend on a man. 
And what had ended up happening was my wife was taking on the masculine energy when she didn't need to. If you ever meet my wife or if you ever talk to my wife, she is what I call the epitome of a feminine woman, woman, very graceful, very, you know, very loving, very glowing. You just see her. She has this feminine glow about her, but she was really sitting in a masculine energy state. And I, when I, when we were at this point in our relationship, I was wondering what the heck was going on. I didn't really understand what was happening, but as a result, I stopped actually being more confident as a male and expressing myself from a masculine energy standpoint. And my wife was stepping up more from a masculine standpoint and which really caused an imbalance. So I was not in the role that I needed to be a strong masculine man. And she was not in the role that she needed to be as a feminine woman. And it just threw our entire relationship off. And so it took us a real reset, I would like to say, for us to really get back into the groove of things. And we both came out of that 10 times stronger. But what it ended up, ended up happening was it was actually very simple. What ended up happening was I just had to step up as a man. And I basically said, that's it. I'm taking the reins back. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to take back basically, uh, excuse my language, but I'm going to take back my balls and I'm going to step up. And this is how I'm going to be in this relationship. This is how I'm going to show up. You have my commitment. You have, I'm giving you everything I got. This is what I expect from you. This is what I need. And so we both had that conversation and really stepped back in. And I can tell you, our relationship is a hundred times stronger as a result of that. That's a very powerful story. Yes. And, and so how, and how so, did that, if we, you know, like add a little bit of that entrepreneurship part, uh, how, how did that play also with you being the entrepreneur? Um, or, or, I mean, was that happening just at home, but then when you went, you know, to do your thing, you were able to step into the main role while she was not there? Or was that killing you on all areas in your life? <laughs> yeah, great question. Great, uh, great to set it up because absolutely it was impacting my personal life. And that's why if anything is happening in, in the individual's personal life, it will transfer over to your business. There is no barrier between that. There is no line. It will. For people that say it's separate, it's not separate. So for myself, yes, absolutely, I was bringing that into my business. My confidence was down. I was not stepping up to the level that I needed to step up. And I honestly didn't have that drive. Because as a man, what, what do we want more than anything in life? We want to provide our family with everything that we can. We want to give our wife, our spouse, our children, every single thing that we can. That's why we work so hard. So if things aren't going well in our relationship, then you're kind of like, well, what the heck's the point of working so hard? There's no point because I'm just going to go home to what I, you know, a crappy relationship. So what's the point of me just doing all this work for the heck of it? So it definitely impacted myself, and I see this with many entrepreneurs, is that that's one of the first questions I ask them, Miha, is when they, when they, when they talk about challenges in their business, I, in the, even in the first conversations, I'll say, well, how are things at home? How are things in your personal relationship? How, are, how is your family situation? Because I can typically find a tie between their business performance as an entrepreneur and their personal performance as a husband or as a father. But how do you get them, you know, to to open up so soon in in the relationship with you as as their coach, mentor, teacher? Um, you know, like most men, um, especially the ones that you know are are more 
describing themselves as being the alpha male and when those things don't play out it's usually after a few beers that they you know like really start sharing <laughs> the emotions like I, i'm guessing you don't take everybody for a few beers so like how do you tap into into that um so so early in 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 your relationship with them yeah there's there's a few tactics or techniques that i use the first one is i'm a very open and transparent person so i will share everything not every single thing, but majority of the my relationship information, the stuff about my background with the people that I talk to, because I believe in being authentic and vulnerable. And if, if I'm expecting someone to share their intimate secrets with me, then I must be able to do that as well. So that's the first thing. The second thing is I really what I call pre-frame the conversation. And I really say to individuals, before I even start working with them, that if you have an ego, or you have this thought that you know it already, then you're going to continue to have the same life and the same business results that you're getting right now. So your results are direct. Your results from your business and your life are a direct result of your ego and you thinking that you already know it. So I, I preface that to them. So it makes them think, okay, that's something that they got to get over automatically is their ego. And then I just, honestly, I just, I just have a everyday conversation with them as two guys and maybe it's the approach Maybe it's from them seeing and listening to some of the stuff on my, my, my podcast and hearing how I speak. Maybe they're a little bit more comfortable in terms of sharing information. But it's really that approach is I, I open up myself and then I just pre-frame the conversation for them to be able to feel that you know they can put their guard down and share their information and their challenges. But you know what? You, you, we got, a lot of guys don't like to talk about emotions. And that is very common. That's the last thing that they want to talk about unless you get an, until you get them into a very tough situation. So the other thing that I that I that I focus on is and you know this is this is kind of borderline, but I really lay on the pain for them because people will only change when they feel the pain to a certain degree. So if you show them how what they're doing today and how they're interacting today. And by not sharing their emotions and not being authentic and not being vulnerable, that they're just going to continue to feel the pain. Then they will start to understand that and they will start to open up. So the more pain you can get someone to feel authentic pain, because you're not creating it for them. You're just getting them to experience it and actually be open to it. The more likely they are to share their feelings. Yeah, that that is correct. I I know that there is a saying that uh, uh, something like you know that pain is the number one uh, uh, thing uh, where yes. uh, we actually then start changing, changing yes. ourselves, and, changing and, things around ourselves. And that's an instinctive thing. That's how our brain is designed. The most powerful thing in your human brain. There's two parts. Is one is the need for you to be consistent with your beliefs, that is the most powerful thing. And the second one, it's a survival part in our brain because our brain is designed to do a number of things. One is keep us out of harm's way. So anything that feels like it's going to harm you, your brain is designed to stay away from that automatically. That's an evolutionary thing that's built into your brain cells. And I mean, excuse me for asking, but you mentioned in the beginning a few times that you know your background is in neuroscience so um can, can you like just give us a little bit of a glimpse into what you have been doing regarding neuroscience 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. So my background from back in the university days was biochemistry and genetics. And then I really followed neuroscience from a, it was a passionate and a hobby of mine. So I've been following the latest neuroscience in terms of what's out there and how the brain, there's so much that has come out, especially in the last decade about neuroplasticity and how you can actually physically change your brain and how it's wired and the cells and the DNA within your brain by doing certain practices. And one of those practices is practicing mindfulness. Meditation has now shown to change and alter how your brain functions and how it works. So for those of you that are listening that don't practice meditation, I would highly recommend it because there's more and more studies coming out every single year that are showing not only how your brain changes, but how your brain and your heart sync up together once you're in a state of meditation and mindfulness. So our, our heart is actually, there's three intelligences in our, I'm kind of getting into the neuroscience itself, but as a human being, we have three intelligence intelligences within ourselves. One of the, is the, the typical brain. That's what we, that's how we think. That's how we communicate. We use our brain that's in our head, but we also have now found out that our hearts are actually it has its own intelligence because as an embryo, before we're even before our brain is even developed, our heart cells develop before our brain cells. So when you actually think about that, that's pretty phenomenal that your heart is developing before your brain is developing. The other intelligence that we have within ourselves is our gut. It's called our microbiome. And in, inside your intestines, you have tens and thousands of of these foreign bacteria that have are now part of your human ecosystem that are communicating with each other and communicating with your cells and your 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 biochemistry to help shape you to provide you nutrients to provide you vitality so all of these things when it comes to being a healthy individual and that's why one of the things that I speak about as in the male entrepreneur and what I show individuals how to do is we talk about vitality because Life is great if you have money, if you have all the materialistic things, but it's not so great if you don't have the health. So if you don't have the energy, you don't have the mental and the emotional stamina and the energy to live a vibrant life, then everything else just kind of seems dim. And so an individual needs to understand that in order to have uh, you know, a successful business, a successful life, you really have to start within and focus on your on your own chemistry within your body and how you feed yourself, how you give yourself downtime. Your sleep is very important. The amount of water that you take in is very important because that all impacts your health. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. But, you know, uh, most of the time we only realize how important health is once we lose it. And um, correct me if maybe you know something more about this, but as far as I know, in the UK, um, Actually, mindfulness is the number one therapy now uh, for uh, depression and anxiety. They, they moved away from all the pills and everything. So the, the first thing that they actually um, uh, make patients do is to practice mindful meditation. Yes, I agree with you on that one. I don't know the stats about that, uh, but I would agree because more and more, even in the U.S. and in Canada, more more individuals are leaning towards mindfulness and meditation as a way to treat depression and anxiety. It's And if we take a look at what's happening, one thing I do know from a statistics standpoint is that every generation 
going forward is experiencing more and more anxiety, levels of anxiety and levels of depression. Yes. And so the more we... The world is moving faster. There's so much um, what I call infobesity around us. So so too much information. I, I mean, I always say that we are far past information age that now we are actually in the editorial age where you 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 need to learn how to filter uh, the information how to 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 get rid of all the excessive amounts of information and not just consume it and yeah that creates anxiety if you're thinking too much in the future or depression if you spend too much time dwelling on the past exactly because i my the main principle for business, as you, obviously you know, Miha, in life is it really comes down to two basic things, is the decisions that you make and the actions that you take. Yes. That's all life is. That's all business is about. So your decisions, and this is what I show entrepreneurs how to do as well, is how do you make better decisions? Because your decisions, there's a science behind it as well. Because let's just use a simple uh, uh, thing is what we call reference points. And reference points, every single human being has a reference point. So for an individual that was raised in a middle-class family, let's just say their family income was $100,000, they're going to come out and they're going to hit the workforce and say, I want to make at least $100,000 because that was a reference point. That's how they're trained or they're programmed. So every one of us as human beings makes our decisions based on reference points. And those reference points come from many different aspects they can come from news outlets, they can come from media, they can come from social media, they can come from our spouse, they can come from our best friends, they can just come from how we've been schooled. But every single decision that you make is based on some kind of reference point that you refer back to all the time. So be cautious and be aware of what reference points you hold. Because when you're aware of that, you can say, ah, this is a reference point from this particular person or this source it may not be valid. I agree. Um, yeah, um, I read in one book um, a little bit different definition, but it, it's basically the same. Is be mindful about your inner monologue, the things that you say to yourself, the things that you reference to, and so on. So yeah, um, yeah. that 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 one is really. Um, I mean, since like we will probably have to slowly wrap this up, but. Um, for our audience, we haven't done this yet, and and I mean, I think you are the perfect person to uh, to to show us a little bit of that. What or like, if we haven't done any mindful meditation yet, how can we start that in a in a nice way? Uh, because I think a lot of people are too much in their head when it comes to mindful meditation and trying to overthink it. Uh, when it's really not that hard. But, I mean, you have way more experience than I do. I, I just practice it for myself. Um, so uh, would you mind, you know, sharing a little bit how we can get into that and, and create uh, a pattern so that we do it, you know, like part of our morning routine or whatever? Yes, absolutely. So the the, the best times to practice mindfulness is, anytime. But I would suggest that if you haven't done it before, you're kind of new to it, practice it first thing in the morning when you wake up or right before you go to bed because your brain waves are in a natural state to be more relaxed. So the first thing to do is, I'm, I'm just going to kind of spit out a bunch of uh, thoughts and, and what I would suggest Please. here is 
remove yourself from your smartphones because I know 80% of the people that wake up, that's one of the first things that they do is they go to their smartphone. So put your phone in a, in a place, in a position where you can get easy access to it first thing in the morning and right before you go to bed. And here's a simple exercise for you to do. And although it seems so simple, it's tough for many people, is to shut off the TV, shut off your smartphone, shut off all distractions and sit by yourself. I would start off, you know, if, if, if you're going to go out there and actually reach for it, try it for 10 minutes. But if this is something new to you, try it for a couple of minutes and just sit with your thoughts and just sit there and pay attention to your thoughts and what's going through your mind. Because so many people are filled with distractions today. They use TV as distractions. They use cell phones as distractions. They use people as distractions. Sit with your thoughts. The more comfortable you get with your own thoughts, the more able you will be to go into a state of meditation. Because if you try to go into meditation right now and you start, you try to close your eyes for 10 minutes and try to practice meditation, you're gonna have so many thoughts running through your mind that you're gonna, you're gonna go, you're gonna be going crazy. So sit with your thoughts in an open state for a couple of minutes. Then what I would suggest is take it to the next step is try 10 minutes just with your eyes closed and just focus on what we call traditional mindfulness, which is just focusing on your breathing. So there's a difference between mindfulness, traditional mindfulness techniques, and meditation. Mindfulness is being more aware of the present moment. That's when you're being aware of your breath, for example. Close your eyes, you sit down in a quiet spot, you take in a deep breath, and you pay attention to something particular about your breath. Whether that's the amount of air that you're taking in, whether that's you're feeling the air go into your lungs. Maybe you're, you're thinking of the sound that your breath is making. Just focus on something in the present moment because when you focus on something, it's a lot easier to take your mind away from other thoughts. So focus on something, whether it's the sensation on your skin, maybe you're feeling the sensation of the couch on your back, whatever it may be, but just be present in the moment. That's, that, that's something that I would recommend for beginners. Breathing is by far the most important thing to do in life. Taking in deep breaths, because the average person takes in shallow breaths. If you pay attention to your breathing, take in deep breaths. The deeper you breathe, the more oxygen you bring into your body, the healthier your body will be, and the more present you will be in the moment. So those are just some basic techniques just to start off, and then I would go into something a little bit more what I would call meditation style, which is find some soothing music for you, whether that's spa music, zen music, nature music, turn that on for a few minutes and close your eyes. And then you can get into guided meditation, which I would refer to uh, people a little bit more advanced. But guided meditation takes you into a state of breathing during specific tones of the music, and actually holding your breath for a certain amount of period of time. Um, and that's a little bit more advanced. But for the average person doing that, there's something else that's completely overlooked to hear Miha as well, is mindfulness. There's, there's three things that have been proven to help people with their level of joy, their stress, and anxiety. One is traditional mindfulness techniques. The second is the depth of your relationships with people. So this isn't traditional mindfulness, but I recommend this to so many people, is hang out with people, spend time with people that make you laugh, that make you smile, because that will help you as well. The third part is nature. 
nature is a big component of mindfulness. So go out for a walk, go experience the weather. If you have a white walking trail, go for a hike, just walk down the street, experience the wind, the breeze, the sun, because nature has a powerful component. There's so much power and energy in nature that you can absorb where so many people are so busy today that they don't do that. It's an easy source of energy for you to feel more tranquil and feel more inner peace within yourself. Yeah. I would add a fourth one here, uh, which is being grateful. Yes. Appreciation. Yes. Grateful. Self-appreciate. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because a simple exercise for for a person to do is, and this is what I do myself, is right before I go to bed, I express my appreciation for 10 things that I did that day. So not just for the things that I have in life, but self-appreciation is so important. So appreciate yourself for even the smallest things that you have or have done during that day. Because the more self-love you have, the more love you will have for other people. And if you're just, if you're like the average person, if you're like me, you know, we can be our biggest critics. We can be our biggest judgers. And the whole purpose of life is not to judge ourselves, but to appreciate and love ourselves. Um, you, you, you can't even uh, imagine how much nodding that I did, did I do throughout this 50 minutes that roughly 50 minutes that we've been talking. I mean, yes, I, I can just agree with you on, on every level. Um, Perdiv, uh, because we need to wrap this up and yes. hopefully continue this conversation in another episode soon. Um, what would be your, I mean, I'm going to include your links and all of that in, in the show notes anyway. So you don't, we don't have to uh, say where people can find it. They can just look up the links in, in the show notes uh, because I'm sure that people will want, will be interested to hear what you have to say and, and, and get in touch with you. Uh, but what would be your final thought for, for our audience? It's, it's entrepreneurs. Uh, so your final thought before we wrap it up. Yeah, I'd say it's, for entrepreneurs, the biggest thing to remember is that your energy, and I'm going to talk about the level of energy that you have at any given time, is directly proportionate to your degree of mindfulness and how present you are in the moment. Anytime you take attention away from the present moment. So if you're thinking and ha- having anxiety about the future or depression about the past, you are taking energy away from the present moment. And the majority of people spend 50% of their thoughts and their time thinking about things other than what's in front of them in the present moment. So if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, even more successful than you are today, if you want to live a happy life, be more present, focus your thoughts and your energy in the present moment, because you will have that much more drive, that much more passion, and that much more impact to get you the results that you want to get from life. Perfect. And and one final question, just a quick one from me, because I, I, I've been repeating this for, for way too long without me actually uh, going back and, and like, you know, is it really true? But um, as far as I know, um, the organ that that 
consumes most of our energy is our brain in our body. I mean, the biggest organ is our skin, but the one that consumes the most most energy is our brain. And I'm I'm always telling people that you know they have to be really mindful how they use their their energy, and it goes along in a way with what you just said. If you spend too much time thinking about the future or dwelling on the past, you consume a whole lot of energy and that drains you more than if you go you know jogging or any physical activity i think you know one hour of of really hard brainstorming on something like that can be more energy draining than any physical activity that you can do am am i correct on that yeah, you're correct. The brain, your brain actually consumes about 20% on average for the, the average person, 20% of your daily calories and energy intake. So what, what the focus is, that's on the, for the average person. But for people that are stressed out all the time, that varies. And the important thing to remember is that you have 60 to 80,000 thoughts per day on average. And if 50% on the average, the, the majority of people, 47% of the time, their thoughts stray go in a different direction that they want to be in and outside of the present moment. So even if you improved your effectiveness and efficiency on being in the present moment by, let's just say 10%, 10%, that's an extra 6,000 thoughts that you can use to actually be more productive, to be happier, to live a more fulfilling life every single day. That's a huge amount. So Miha, you're absolutely right, is your brain is very effective at what it does And it will use the energy accordingly, and you have the ability to direct how you want your brain to operate. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I mean, whew, Pardeep, um, this was, I mean, I... At least from my my point of view, this was an amazing interview. You shared so much of uh, what people like to say value bombs with with us, with our audience. Uh, We kind of tackled a little bit productivity, energy, relationships, mindfulness, uh, entrepreneurship, like, like what haven't we touched upon? Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, maybe someday soon we can, you know, do a more focused interview on one of those subjects. We, we really tackled quite a lot of the things. Like I said, I'm going to include all your links and everything in the show notes. I just want to say thank you. Um, I really appreciate you for, uh, coming to the show uh for being able to you know come by and i could interview you so thank you for that i appreciate you and um i i really think that we gave so much value to our audience through this uh almost hour-long chat so thank you for that my pleasure thank you for having me on the show i truly and gratefully appreciate it thank you take care for deep enjoy you too bye-bye